Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now What's up, and welcome to another exciting edition of Bearded B-Roll. I'm Kyle. And I'm Mike, just two bearded dudes here to chat about all the movies you love, hate, don't mind, or simply never heard of. I'm not going to shave half my face, so I don't think that's really... Commit, Mike. Commit. All right, welcome back. guys. Welcome back to another What Have You Seen Lately. This is Volume 5. I'm Kyle. Still Mike. This is the first time we've introduced ourselves. How are you still Mike? I'm assuming that if they heard the intro, they heard our names already. Listen, and listen, listen. What have you seen It's not lately? like our faces... Shut, shut your mouth. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. What have you seen lately? What, what have you seen lately? You told me to shut up. I thought you were taking that literal, which is funny because I was also thinking about like the Eminem song where he was like, shut up, shut up when I'm talking to you. You hear me? Answer me. <laughs> um, so I've, I've watched a lot of stuff uh, lately uh, on and off. Some of these are carryovers from stuff I didn't get to talk about in other weeks. Um, I guess one that I watched the other day that was just really kind of strange and, and not very good was called Mortuary from 1983. There were a bunch of people in it some were like character actors that I recognize from other things, but the only person in it that was like straight up identifiable to me was Bill Paxton. And Bill Paxton played this really weird, like offbeat guy whose mother committed suicide a couple of years earlier or earlier that year. And he worked as a mortician beneath his father at the family mortuary. So everybody kind of considered him like a weird ghoul. And he kept, he kept like awkwardly trying to hit on the main character's girlfriend. Um, but this movie, second. yeah. I am now currently trying to figure out if I've heard other people talk about this movie or if, in fact, I've just heard a true crime story that involved something that started this way. Like uh, a real story. Well, this one's not really like, I mean, I don't even know why I'm bringing it up right now. Like, it is not good. Um, the movie that I was thinking of is also called Mortuary, not a Bill Paxton movie. So that's also why. What year is that one from? 2005. This, this is like 1983. But this was a really weird movie because it had slow motion baseball bat murders. It had random dance parties. It had the potential for hauntings. It had a really terrible twist that I'm not sure if it was supposed to be a twist. It had Satan worshippers for kind of no reason. And it had a mortuary, which was more or less just like a reason to have the title, but didn't really have anything to do with the plot per se. It was wrapped up like it was supposed to be some kind of weird horror story but it was more or less a drama about mental illness there was a coffin warehouse at one point 
We're, just a coffin warehouse? Just a warehouse of coffins? Well, it was like a warehouse of coffins, and in one of the coffins was like an M16, and then there were also some like racing tires in this place, and also Satan worshippers on one of the lower floors doing something. I think they were just trying to contact the dead. They weren't trying to like sacrifice anybody. They actually weren't the dangerous characters. Bill Paxton, spoiler, is the murderer the whole time. And he's like taunting this girl who he already murdered her father because her father, this is what they reveal later, was his psychologist who um, Bill Paxton had asked for the psychiatrist's daughter's hand in marriage. She didn't even know him. The father said no. And then he murdered the father slash psychiatrist and then was on this weird mission to go after the daughter. And since he couldn't have her in life, his plan was to embalm her and preserve her forever with him. Nice. But he was wearing this like white makeup with like black around his eyes. And I guess we weren't supposed to be able to tell that it was Bill Paxton. I mean, he really hadn't been in a lot of things at this point, but it was like pretty fucking obvious that it was Bill Paxton. It wasn't like he was wearing the ghost face mask or something. It was like Bill Paxton with makeup on. So his costume was wearing makeup? Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of gave the feel like it was going to be one of those like offbeat Italian movies, like, you know, Pieces or House by the Cemetery. Like that's how it started. And then it never really, it never really got there. There's a fantastic scene though, where the, I don't know anybody's name in this movie, but the main girl who's being like stalked by Bill Paxton is maybe thinking, no, she's, this was not the sexy time part, which actually never came to fruition, but she was sitting there talking to her boyfriend about how like she has never been the same since she saw her father murdered. Everybody else thinks he drowned in the pool, but like he totally got hit with a baseball bat twice before he went in. You'd figure contusions would have shown up in the coroner's report, but they're sitting there talking and the room's like dimly lit. They have like just the fire going and all of a sudden, like all the lights in the house turn on and the stereo starts blaring dance music. Now, my first thought would be like, what the fuck just happened? And my first action would be to turn off the radio. Not these people. What do you think they do? Enjoy the party? Yeah, they get up and the guy goes, let's boogie. And then they just start dancing and then the lights all turn off as so does the music. And then they stand there like, what the hell just happened? Then they turn on again and they start dancing again. And then they turn off again. And now they're like, hmm. And the guy looks at the girl, just dead ass serious and goes, is your house haunted? <laughs> Imagine if, if like Bill Paxton or the murderer or whatever was like, you know what? These people are down to party. I'm cool with them. And just left. That would actually been the way to play it, man. Like, uh, like the Axeman of New Orleans. As long as you were listening to jazz music, he didn't kill you. I don't think that was what Bill Paxton was thinking. There was also a part I titled Sex by the Fire, Never Mind, which is actually good that they didn't have sex because the girl's mother came home from whatever Satan-worshipping meeting she was at like like a minute and a half after the girl changed her mind. And then there's a weird scene at the end where basically Bill Paxton murdered this girl's entire family and his own father, and he has this, like a wedding set up for them in a warehouse, and his present to her is going to be embalming her in a wedding dress. Then the boyfriend shows up and, and she kills Bill Paxton with an ax. And then Bill Paxton's mother, who supposedly committed suicide, is magically just catatonic, but still alive. Why are you still describing this? We could be done. This movie sounds terrible. You're not selling it. What else have you watched? Uh, I rewatched uh, The Church, which is like a terrible... Italian movie. I think it's dubbed in English. And Asia Argento or Asia Argento, I don't know how to say her name, is in it. Uh, she's like maybe 13, 14 in it. She plays two parts. One is like a girl at a medieval village who gets murdered by a soldier in the beginning. And then later she's like this girl who sort of lives at a church or something. Uh, I was confused because the first time I watched this movie a few years ago, I thought Dario Argento had directed it, but it was one of those classic cases of like, 
he's just a producer, but his name's bigger than the director. So like the, the Tim Burton effect, pretty much. Who else did that? But dude, that did Pan's Labyrinth. He did that with a few movies. Oh, like the orphanage was like that too. Because Guillermo del Toro presented it, but he didn't direct it. But his name was like Big as Life on the box. Yeah. Let's see. So that one, it, it, it doesn't really have like a fantastic plot, but it's got some good, um, you know, it reminded me of like Demons 2. If you've ever, ever seen that, that's also like an Italian one. I don't know what Demons 1 was because I never found a connection, but I also didn't look that hard. But um, there's a scene where the new church librarian, I guess, is his role. He uh, gets infected somehow by demons because th- this movie also treats demons sort of like zombification almost. So like if a demon scratches you, you turn into a demon. But there's a great scene where he's like trying to make a call on a payphone and then hangs up the phone and like digs into his chest and pulls his heart out. And they do this weird, interestingly lit shot of like him, you know, ceremonially holding up his heart, which is still attached via all the veins and shit. But he holds it up and there's like a red light glowing behind it. And then they play this like grand orchestral music. So I don't know what the hell I was supposed to be watching, but it was kind of a cool visual. Let's see. Oh, at the beginning of the movie, it begins with a bunch of soldiers rolling into town. And this guy's like, we have to kill this girl. She's got the mark of the demon on her. And the girl has like a sort of a stigmata cross type thing on the bottom of her left foot. So they're like, kill them, kill them all. So they kill everybody in the village. And this one dude gets decapitated as a soldier goes by on a horse. Really? Then for the rest of the entire scene of like villagers being murdered, the camera keeps cutting back to this dude's head getting kicked all around the village by like horses and people running. It's like, this family's getting murdered back to people playing <laughs> soccer with the head. And I don't think it was supposed to be meant to be funny, but it was just, they like kept, I don't know if they were really proud of the prosthetic or what, but it was a major focal point for like literally no reason. Um, I don't think I finished it. I don't think I actually got to the, uh, the end, but it had some like kind of cool notable scenes in it. There's like a woman who, was at the church for her well they weren't getting married in the church but they were taking pictures there and she looks at herself in the mirror and sees like nasty prosthetic old lady face and her response to that isn't to like ask somebody for confirmation it's to start tearing off her own flesh so that gets kind of graphic that's pretty much all i've got in that front do you have anything you want to go over uh the only thing that i watched recently was because i haven't had time this week um was i watched uh creep show 2 What's your favorite like segment of Creepshow 2? Because I, I think it was the one with the hitchhiker, the cigar store Indian, the raft, and I feel like there was one other. And this was the one with the main story tying it together of like the Venus flytrap. And I think Tom Atkins actually played like the abusive douchebag father of the kid that ordered. No, no, that was that was the first one. That was the Buddha doll. He's getting chased by little kids, and it's a cartoon. Right, the cartoon, which I hated the cartoon, honestly. Apparently everybody does. That took me like right out of it. I'm assuming it was like a budgetary thing that they did cartoon instead of like filming the actual scenes. But wasn't there a fourth story that tied every that was uh, included too, or am I just misremembering that? You're just misremembering it. It was literally just three stories. Uh the one that I liked the most was probably the 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 first one, the uh Chief Big Woodenhead or Chief Woodenhead or whatever. <clears throat> With the the old couple that was like running a shop. And the, the wife is convinced the husband is just too nice. And she's like vaguely racist in the way that she talks about it. What do you mean? I'm not really remembering Because that. she just like refers to how he's too nice to those people a lot. But then uh, they get murdered by the the chief, I guess, is um his nephew. Who then robs them. And then because of the robbery, he steals like the jewels that were just given to them as like um 
not payment, but it was like a like a hold on to this, and after so much time, if we don't pay you back, these are for you. It was like a what's that called? It was it was a bunch of like jewelry, right? Yeah, no, I was trying to think of a word, but that's right. Um, yeah, it was a bunch of like jewelry from all of the people in the tribe, and um, like a good faith gift. So they give he gives him that for that, and then the the nephew steals that too. And that ticks off the spirit of the of the wooden statue who then goes and murders him and his friends. And the guy who played the nephew, like the douchey guy, he was the one that was like, oh man, look at this hair. Yeah. Look at this hair, man. I'd be like a fucking movie star. His hair was, well, no, because they were going to LA so he could become a movie star. And he was going to get paid and laid. And he was played by a white guy. Yeah, he actually is in like a million things. I don't know his name, but he was like, I know he was in Fight Club as a small part, but like. He doesn't typically oh, yeah. play like a native character. He usually just plays like a white character. Oh, he was he and was I in heard... Mindhunters. He was in Mindhunters. Oh, he is. He's the partner in Mindhunters. Yeah, the more serious one with like the potentially serial killer son. So you know what's funny about that though is the fact that he actually he actually tried to be like, hey, I'm a white dude with blue eyes, and the like the people that one of the producers or whatever were like, no, 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 it's fine. He turned down the role, or he tried to. Huh. Well, I mean, granted, it's it's really dark. All the scenes he's in, I don't think I actually noticed that his hair, uh, his eyes were blue. Yeah, you can't really tell, but you can tell that his makeup is like a bad spray on tan. The most awkward part of that movie, though, was when he's holding the gun against the wife. I think her name was Martha or something, and he's just like holding a gun to her and trying to get her to compliment his good looks and hair at the same time. And it was like, really, do you need this much like affirmation? that you have to like hold somebody at gunpoint and ask him for a compliment. Then he got fucking scalped and his uncle just saw the, <laughs> the scalp in the cigar store Indian's hand at the end. He's like, yeah, that's about right. It's like, yeah, yeah, he deserved that one. That whole thing actually reminded me a lot of um, there, that segment at least with those gang members reminded me of the Wraith. Do you remember that one? With the, um, uh, it's Charlie the, the Sheen, biker, I think. it is Charlie Sheen. I was going to say that. Yeah. But uh, no, yeah, I loved that movie when I was a kid. And one of the gang members in that just walks around drinking, like, I'm pretty sure it's just straight gasoline for a while. So that was... <laughs> Actually, just gasoline? I, that's, I think that's what it was supposed to be. He was, like, drinking gasoline and, like, brake fluid and shit. I also watched... Because, uh, one, I haven't seen him in a while. And, two, they were on Joe Bob Briggs' uh, last drive-in. I watched Maniac Cop 1 and 2. I don't think Maniac Cop... Three was uh, streaming anywhere. I think that one's Maniac Cop Three: Badge of Silence. Well, the only reason I actually watched Creepshow Two is because of the fact that I couldn't find Creepshow One, at least not for free. Oh, it's not. I actually have like apparently I bought a DVD of it at like a one of the three dollar bins in Walmart or something like ten years ago because I have the DVD for it. I watched that the other day when my internet went out. Yeah, and because it was free. Well, not at the time. But I now can't remember the last time I actually watched a DVD. It was probably when I put, uh, when I was driving to South Carolina and I bought the ghost and Mr. Chicken specifically for the car. Don ride. Knotts, right? Yeah. Specifically for the car ride. Cause I thought my kids would like it and I don't even think we watched all of it. And then I ended up driving after that. Nice. Cause you know, I got, I got a TV in the back of my car. Well, fancy car. I don't know. I rediscovered my DVDs recently just because like when we were doing very bad things, I didn't want to buy it again, but I know I had the DVD. So I dug that out and then just flipped through them. But Maniac Cop 1, you know, I like, I've tried to like Maniac Cop 
And I just, I can't, I can't do it really. Like, I don't know why I just can never super get into it. And like this one, I mean, Joe Bob Briggs was talking about it. Bruce Campbell was a special guest on the show. That made it a little bit more interesting, especially to get some of the backstory on it. But it still like doesn't necessarily do it for me. The movie had a pretty tiny budget. Part of it actually was filmed at the uh, St. Patrick's Day Parade in New York City, which apparently was not actually in the budget because Bruce Campbell was telling a story about how the director, Bill Lustig, told him to fly out to New York and bring a bunch of clothes that they could like duplicate later for when they were shooting other parts of the movie. And this is before the movie even started getting filmed. They wanted to like film the St. Patrick's Day Parade so they could use it in the movie and trick people into thinking the movie had a bigger budget. So they got some shots of like Bruce Campbell running around the parade, shots of the parade. And apparently Sam Raimi flew out with Bruce Campbell and played a reporter reporting on the Maniac Cop in front of the parade. Wait a minute. Bruce Campbell's in that? He plays... I'm somewhere in between... I watched this when I was really young, and I don't think I watched this. I have, like, vague memories of it, but at the same time, I also don't. It's weird. Maniac Cop is about a cop named Matt Cordell who was, like, wrongfully convicted of abuse of power or something because he accidentally, they don't reveal this till the second one, but he found out about bribery and corruption in the top levels of like the police organization. And they buried him under a mountain of like false charges and and falsified evidence to keep him quiet. But while he's in prison, people know he's a cop. So he gets attacked by a bunch of inmates and they, they cut his face up all horribly in the shower and stab the fuck out of him. And the coroner, they, they give this like really weird explanation that doesn't make any sense. There were actually a few things like that in this movie where they give an explanation that he was alive and dead at the same time. So the coroner signed that he was dead, even though he was still alive, but he was alive and dead at the same time. Nice. So he like is released from prison that way, but then I don't know where he convalesced in the meantime, but he basically comes back and starts like, you'd figure he would just want to like murder cops and like the police commissioner and stuff, but, and he does do that, but he also just kind of murders like everybody. So like he pulls people over and then murders them or somebody's running from gang members and they think the cop's going to help them. And then he does this, he has this like sword inside his nightstick thing that he like takes out and kills people with. Nightstick sword sounds awesome. It does sound awesome. I don't know if any cops actually use them. I feel like it's probably against the rules, but Bruce Campbell plays a uh, beat cop, I think in it. And he is accused of murdering his wife, which somehow also makes him the maniac cop. I don't remember what, how the connection was made, but the police commissioner is convinced that Bruce Campbell is the maniac cop. And Tom Atkins is in it too as a investigating, I guess he's a detective. He gets thrown out of a building. <laughs> and it, it really was, it didn't scream Bruce Campbell. It was just like Bruce Campbell was in this movie. And it ends with this giant like 20 minute car chase where Matt Cordell is like driving a delivery truck off of a pier in, I guess it's supposed to be New York, but I don't think they filmed the whole thing in New York. And Bruce Campbell like jumps dramatically back from the thing. And he's okay. And then they're like, hmm, weird. Where'd Cordell's body go? And then it ends with like a hand popping up out of the water and like holding on to like a portion of the dock. But then he comes back in the second Maniac Cop and he's basically totally like zombified and like scarred up and like has no nose. And at this point, he's just not even human. So that was a little weird. Bruce Campbell apparently did not want to be in the second one because he was like pulling more weight as an actor now. And they didn't have the budget to actually like procure him for the role. <laughs> He has to be killed off like in a fantastic fashion at the start of the movie. So it's actually kind of weird. I didn't know that before because when I saw it previously, I was like, why did Bruce Campbell just get murdered five minutes into this movie? That's kind of weird. I didn't pay for him. Yeah. So he gets like stabbed through the back of the neck by the nightstick sword. 
in front of a blind newspaper salesman who actually was James Earl Jones's father and sounded exactly like James Earl Jones. Oh, he's um he's in Sleepaway Camp too, James Earl Jones' father. And also still just sounds like James Earl Jones. The voice is apparently passed down. <laughs> I wonder if James Earl Jones has a daughter or something cuz that would get really awkward. <laughs> daughter with the same exact voice. Can can we get James Earl Jones' daughter to play Darth Vader in the new Star Wars movie, please? Um, let's see. And then the other thing I watched was uh today actually was this really really terrible movie from 2012 that apparently I just never heard of and it was called Truth or Die. And uh it's about some weird British party kids and one of them is really nerdy and gets picked on a lot and then they don't see him for a while and then the five friends get invited to a birthday party at his like super rich blue-blooded British parents' house. Um, and the guy's brother greets them. But then it turns out that like the nerdy kid hung himself and the brother called everybody there to like get revenge and find out who sent his brother a postcard that said, truth or dare, bitch. Because apparently that was what set him off. Truth or dare, like they dared him to kill himself? Earlier in the movie, uh, one of the more douchebaggy guys had like yelled, truth or dare, bitch, and then punched the nerdy kid in the face. That's not how you play truth or dare. It, it's not even a little bit. Maybe Maybe in England they do it that way. Truth or dare, and then you just... You just deck people. That's like when I played Vin Diesel slaps with my friends in high school. What's that mean? You know the slapping game, right? Like you put your hands on top of your other friend's hands and then you try to catch them. And then if Mm -hmm. you smack or like you miss, then you got to switch and then they get to smack your hands. Vin Diesel slaps is just like that. But instead of smacking them at some point, you trick them and punch them in the chest. Nice. So this movie turns into like a weird torture porn kind of thing. And you think the guy's going to get really creative with it, but it's pretty much only torture thing he does is to like, stick tubing down someone's throat through like a gas cap sort of and then pour in what's either water or battery acid and he makes people choose so it was like whatever he makes them choose if they want water or battery acid it's pretty simple choose water he makes other people choose which which oh. left or right which one should i put in so they have a 50 50 chance of killing their friend one girl survives one girl dies this movie is actually kind of funny because the girl that you think is going to be like the quote final girl gets her neck snapped like epically and then the girl who's like sort of the skanky one that you expect to get murdered right away is actually kind of the protagonist at the end, but then it gets really confusing and I don't know if she's evil or not because it turns out that the guy didn't kill himself because of the truth or dare postcard. He killed himself because the skanky girl was mad at her boyfriend at a party in the earlier part of the movie for passing out drunk. So she started making out with the nerdy kid, but then brought him into the bedroom where the boyfriend was sleeping, took out the boyfriend's dick and told the nerdy kid to suck it and then videotaped the whole thing. And then the nerdy kid killed himself because he knew she had this tape and he was like nervous about what his brother would think because the brother drops like like a lot of homophobic words like throughout the course of the movie. You really threw me off with that because I was so confused because you were like, oh yeah, and then she went to the nerdy guy. I'm like, so they banged and then you're like, so yeah, so she whipped out his dick and made her boyfriend suck it. I'm like, whoa. No, no, no. She made him suck her boyfriend's dick. Whoa. Worse. And filmed it. And that was... That was real weird. And how do you convince someone to do that? Like, I'm mad at my boyfriend suck his dick for me. I, I don't even know. And maybe he was already into it. Maybe she, maybe he was just super suggestible and he was like, A girl's finally talking to me. This is gonna be awesome. Oh yeah, this girl's gonna hook up with me. All I can do is suck your boyfriend off. Basically. <laughs> oh, if that's how it works, man. It's like that classic like... joke, like she's so hot I'd suck her daddy's dick kind of a thing. But like never literally. heard that joke. That is, is that a joke? Is that something you've said? No, it's not something I've said, but I feel like I heard 
I've never heard anybody say someone was that hot. No, that's definitely a thing. Hold on a second. Why are we Googling this? I hope you're in a private browser. Well, one, it's actually from a... Now, that's where I heard it. It's it's from a notorious B.I.G. song. He literally raps, You look so good, I'd suck on your daddy's dick. I don't understand. I guess in appreciation for creating all that hotness. I... I guess. And most of the internet just says, What dot 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 does Biggie mean here? He means... I think it's pretty fucking clear. I'm gonna thank her dad. So then, so then she like somehow got the upper hand. They managed to like tie up the evil brother, and the kid who killed himself isn't actually dead. He's paralyzed, and the brother's keeping him alive and forcing him to watch him torture everyone because he thinks that's what the little brother wants. He's paralyzed because he tried to hang himself and broke his neck. Correct. Like full blown paralyzed. Like yeah, yeah. Except for he can like blink, move his eyes, and like wiggle his like index finger. That's it. And the girl has like the main brother who's now got half of his face burned off from battery acid tied to a pole. And she wheeled out the paralyzed brother in a chair. I don't know how he's breathing on his own, but like we'll let that go for now. And she takes out her phone and like starts playing the video of the little brother sucking her boyfriend's dick for the big brother. She's now a bad guy. Right? And then. She, the brother's watching this, and he's giving the other brother some, some evil looks, and the kid who's paralyzed has like a single tear running down his face. And the brother was in the military. He makes a big point of this, and he's got some weapons too. So the girl takes a hand grenade, and she hands it to the paralyzed brother and says, here, this should help with the pain. And she like puts his finger in the pin, and then like he's just like moving his index finger like a little bit at a time to dislodge the pin from the grenade because he wants to kill himself. So now... So she led to his attempted suicide, and now yes. she is providing him, now she is telling him to just kill himself. Yes, and they tried to make it, I think the movie was trying to make it like the brother was evil for being homophobic, but I also, I mean, this girl was like... She's kind of homophobic, because that's what the whole implication is. And she manipulated the fuck out of this kid, too, so like, there, there really was no protagonist, it was just this sad, paralyzed kid trying to kill himself out of shame. I guess technically he's the protagonist at this point. Sounds horrible. It was horrible. Super unsatisfying. Would not recommend. Four out of four beards. (laughs) Nah, maybe like a half a beard. Because it wasn't, like, I've seen worse. At least the acting wasn't, like, super wooden. Because I also started watching some movie called No Solicitors, where they were trying to find people that had been kidnapped or something. And this one girl, I don't know if they just grabbed her from a Dunkin' Donuts and said, hey, want to be in a movie today? But she was like, and no bodies have even washed up in the river or anything. And I have checked with the coroner and there are no unidentified bodies. I wish we could find these people. Speaking of wooding acting, how about that other movie we watched recently? What, Dogtooth? That was solid fucking gold. So that was what I've seen lately. I know you didn't have too much because you are busy with life and that's cool. Oh, now it's allowed to be brought up? I'm not allowed to bring it up. You you don't find whatever. Um, one out of four beards for Mike this week. That's what I'm giving him. I'm rating him this week. Rudeness. Join our Discord. So look for us on Twitter and Instagram at Bearded B Roll and uh, anywhere you find podcasts. Remember to check out our website, beardedbroll.com, for info and links to merch. And remember to email us with ideas and suggestions at beardedbroll at gmail.com. And yes, check out our Discord.
Oh, I just almost said a bad word. Um, shit tacos. Shit tacos? No, I don't shit tacos. I shit gold. Would you rather shit tacos or would you rather shit gold? That'd be our poll. Don't, please don't make that. I'll make that a poll. Please don't.